Jimmy Carter. <laughs> a declarative sentence. And a funny preacher. Jimmy Carter. A declarative sentence. And a funny preacher. If you were here last week, you know that is not the title of my sermon. But it is a list of illustrations that I'll be using this morning. Unfortunately, two of those are holdovers from last week because I couldn't get to them. I like this image. It reminds me to wish you a very safe and happy Fourth of July week. Um, Thank you, Dennis, for what you shared. I I too am thankful for uh, our country. But uh, in regard to this uh, video... This was played uh, last year, 2017, during Super Bowl 51, and I remember being really moved by it. Uh, It was uh, very well done, a terrific message. But my my purpose in preaching the series we're doing, and I I shared last week that I'm I'm preaching a a series of messages through the first six chapters of uh, 1 Corinthians on the subject of unity. And although it's Independence Day week, I'm not focusing the message on unity in our country. We're focusing on unity in the local church, because that's where Paul was writing. He's writing to the local church, and he's urging unity in the church. But I do like what Tony Evans said. Tony Evans, who's a pastor in in, uh, Texas, Dallas, uh, Texas, said, um, if the church of Jesus Christ in America will unite, our country will be turned upside down. The impact on our country and on the world cannot be overstated. And I do believe that. We are in 1 Corinthians this morning. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. That is on page 952 in the Bible that is under the seat in front of you. If you'd like to use uh, that Bible, you're welcome to do so. 952. 1 Corinthians chapter 1. By the way, my name is Stephen Salvis. I am one of the elders here at Grace Church. Uh, where it is our desire to know Jesus Christ and to make him known through the preaching and teaching of the word so that we can go outside these walls and make him known to our corner of the community. So if you are a guest today, welcome here. Thank you. Thank you for choosing grace today. Let me begin by uh, reading our passage this morning. Again, 1 Corinthians chapter 1. I'm starting in verse 10. Now I beseech you, brethren, by the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, that ye all speak the same thing, and that there be no divisions among you, but that you be perfectly joined together in the same mind and in the same judgment. 
For it hath been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the house of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. Now this I say, that every one of you saith, I am of Paul, and I of Apollos, and I of Cephas, and I of Christ. Is Christ divided? Was Paul crucified for you? Or were you baptized in the name of Paul? I thank God that I baptized none of you but Crispus and Gaius, lest any should say that I had baptized in mine own name. And I baptized also the household of Stephanus. Besides, I know not whether I baptized any other. For Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of none effect. Turn a page, go to chapter 2, please. Chapter 2, verse 1. And I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, declaring unto you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you save Jesus Christ and him crucified. And I was with you in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power, that your faith should not stand in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Let's pray, please. Lord, what a privilege it is to stand before your people. And open your word. And make you known. I pray that you will bless this time. Oh, may your Holy Spirit do a work in this room, please, dear God. Open our our minds, our ears, our hearts. To the message, please, Lord. May your will be done today in this service. Thank you for your grace in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, so in order to... um, do this morning justice, I need to go back to last week uh, and um, uh, do some review. So, uh, by the way, the title of our uh, sermon is A Christ, The Christ-Centered Church, A Plea for Unity. Last week, we talked about in unity, there is strength. It's true in travel. It's true in the church. We talked about Gilligan's Island. 
being biblical, at least one particular episode. And caramel chews are the best way to end a service, right? (laughs) I have nothing for you today but grape juice and bread. (laughs) I was asked that question this week. What am I giving away this week? Seriously, uh, Paul had two goals in mind as he's writing to the Corinthian church. And, and remember, the, the culture, the culture in the city of Corinth at this time was one of self-centeredness and materialism and sexual immorality. Paul had two goals in mind as, he, as he's uh, writing uh, this letter. First, to correct divisions in the church, and then to bring unity in perspective and in practice. We talked last week about unity. It happens when we focus our attention on Jesus Christ and not on secondary issues. You remember how he starts his letter. The first nine verses, Paul is pointing their focus to Jesus Christ. Corinthians, get your attention on Christ. It's all about Jesus here. Before he hits them in verse 10 with an appeal for unity, he hits them with Christ, Christ, Christ. Get your focus on him because that's where unity happens. He talked about, in verse 8, God is faithful. We are blameless. His faithfulness guarantees we are blameless. We are chargeless. Not found not guilty, but there's no crime to begin with. We're blameless. We're chargeless. And we will be in his presence. We can be assured of that. It is a guarantee. And then in verse 10, where we're starting today. Paul says, speak the same thing. Stop focusing on other things and focus on Christ. That's your message. There is your unity in Christ. Have no divisions among you. Stop separating into groups. The local church is united in Christ and not to be divided and be perfectly joined together in mind and in thought. You remember, perfectly joined together is uh, a a word that talks about mending a broken bone so that it's perfectly healed and functioning again. I am the proud uh, dad of a Liberty University graduate. My son graduated in May and... uh, I am very proud of Andrew and his work. We uh, uh, went down to Liberty uh, last month, uh, about a month and a half ago. I guess it was probably five or six weeks ago. And uh, it was a great day. It was rainy, uh, but it was a wonderful day. Traffic was a mess. It was a wonderful day. Uh, It was was, uh, just a a celebration for our family. Uh, Lindsay came up. So it was nice for all four of us to be together uh, celebrating uh, this uh, accomplishment uh, in Andrew's life. Uh, The commencement speaker was Jimmy Carter. 
And uh, I, I, I just really liked what he had to share uh, with the graduates. His, his speech was about 40 minutes long or so. And, and he, he talked about uh, some of the, the difficulties that our country faced when he was young, uh, such as the Great Depression and World War II. But then he, he uh, fast-forwarded to today, and he talked about uh, uh, issues we face today. He talked about the threat of nuclear war uh, and, and a couple other things. Um, one big one was the divide in our nation. And then he, he, he brought that into the local church. And he specifically talked about the Southern Baptist Convention. Uh, and how uh, years ago, it, and he's, he's a, uh, a Southern Baptist, and how he was heartbroken to see the Southern Baptist Convention separate. And he said one of the things he wants to do before he dies, he's 94, I believe he said, 94 years old, been married 72 years. Isn't that amazing? Ah, oh. oh, that would be awesome. At 94, he, he, he's not done. He's not done. And one of the things he wants to do is gather with Christian leaders. Uh, and he even mentioned the president of Liberty, Jerry Falwell. He said, I want people in a room, and I want to talk about reuniting the Southern Baptists together again. Listen, I, I, I just thought that was awesome. This is a former president of the United States who, who, who's... Uh, Carter Center does incredible work worldwide, medically and, and otherwise, just incredible work. But he's still focused on bringing people together, uniting people again, uniting the church again. And there are, there are issues here. There are challenges in this. But he doesn't want to give that up. So what are the problems in the church? Okay, here's Paul's plea for unity. What are the problems in the church? Look at verse 11. For it hath been declared unto me of you, my brethren, by them which are of the household of Chloe, that there are contentions among you. Now, I, I mentioned last week that, that Paul had received a delegation from the church, and that delegation brought a letter and the letter asked uh, certain questions, uh, wanting Paul to address um, marriage and uh, eating of food offered to idols and church decorum. But apparently, that letter never addressed the contentions in the church. And so for the first six chapters of this letter, Paul addresses the contentions and appeals for unity. In chapter 7, he says, and now I'll get to the letter you sent. Now I'll get to the issues of marriage and otherwise. And it's kind of a, a slap at the church leadership because while these are important issues over here, 
marriage and food offered to idols and church decorum. Okay. The more important issue is unity. It's the division within the church. And this is what I'm going to address first, church. Contentions. That word is found in this list here. Galatians 5, 19 to 21. Now the works of the flesh are manifest, which are these. Adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lasciviousness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, variance, and the list goes on. This word here, variance. It's the same word as contentions. And contentions are sin. Dividing is sin. It means uh, discord. It means wrangling. It means quarreling or strife. And it literally suggests having an affection for disputes. Having an affection for disputes. Do you know people like that? Who just love to cause disputes? As members of the body of Christ, we're to be building one another up. We're to be encouraging one another, not finding issues that we can complain about and divide one another over, especially these secondary issues that are of no importance. The greater importance is Jesus Christ, and he's the one who unites us. Be perfectly joined together, Paul said in verse 10. There are contentions, church. We need to address them because they're sin. They're a work of the flesh. Look at verse 12. Now this I say. I I like how he begins this uh, verse. Now this I say. What he's he's saying here is, is something like, now I mean this. I mean what I'm getting ready to say, so pay attention. That every one of you says, I am of Paul. And I of Apollos. And I of Cephas. And I of Christ. I am of Paul. Or or your Bible may say, I follow Paul. So, Uh, Last week we talked about Paul being in Corinth for a year and a half, preaching and teaching. So uh, these in the church may have been uh, those who were uh, saved under Paul's ministry in that year and a half time. Uh, Certainly they would have an affinity for Paul. Certainly. I am of Apollos, or I follow Apollos. 
Apollos was Paul's successor. And, and the book of Acts describes Apollos as a great orator. He was a gifted speaker. So this group was attracted to Apollos because of his gifting in the area of preaching. Wow, he just keeps my attention. I love that guy. So they gathered in their own group. I am of Cephas. Cephas is Peter, the apostle Peter. These were uh, probably a group of people who, if you remember last week, we talked about uh, people in the church who questioned Paul's apostleship. They kind of dismissed Paul as an apostle. They, they chose rather the, the apostle who, bless you, followed Christ in his earthly ministry, was one of the original 12, Peter. Peter was the, apostles to the, to, was the apostle to the Jews in Jerusalem. He was their connection. So these may have been the Jewish Christians as well in Corinth who uh, wanted that connection to Jerusalem. And then, I am of Christ. Don't think these are the, the spiritually mature ones. Uh, these are the ones who separated themselves uh, in, a, in a boastful way. Say, yeah, you can follow those guys. We follow Christ. We're better than you. And instead of, instead of promoting unity, they're actually promoting division by becoming their own group. Instead of working to have unity in the body, they're their own little group of people complaining about everybody else. That's the issue here. So let me, what I'm going to do is kind of, I'm going to try to bring this here. I'm going to do this very carefully. Because I love you. And I don't want anyone to be offended. I am of the first service. I'm preaching this to the second service, don't worry. I am of the first service. That second service is fill in the blank, too young, too dark, too loud, too whatever. I'm of the first service. Can I tell you, can I remind you, we are one church here. We are Grace Church here. And I look in this room and I see a ton of spiritual capital that some younger people need to rub up against. They need you in the second service. They need you. They need to be discipled by you. They need to be know you. Uh, listen, 
It's okay to have preferences. Preferences are okay. If you prefer the hymnal, that's okay. I prefer the hymns. If you prefer a more traditional worship service, that's okay. But that cannot divide us as a church. That is a secondary issue. We are one church under the umbrella of Jesus Christ. That's why we want to have family gatherings together. That's why we want to commune together. I I invite you to the second service. I invite you to the second service. Please come. You don't have to come today. Maybe you have plans. In the next month or so, would you come? Would you meet some of our younger folks? Would you get to know them? You can come back to the first service. We're not giving up the first service. Okay? Don't be afraid, please. This is not a step toward that. But unity in our church, I am of the first service. Not here. Not at Grace Church. Or how about this? I am of... Or, can I tell you, I have such a concern for our country. And it's affecting the church. We are divided in many ways. But when I see... Christian leaders whom I respect campaigning for candidates. This isn't their intent, I'm certain, but it is politicizing the church. It's politicizing the church. And there is a large group of people, 50% or more, who may think they cannot walk through the doors of a church because their voter registration card says something different than everybody else's in the church. We cannot have that. I voted Tuesday. I voted. I hope you voted. You know what? I wanted my guy to win. I wanted my guy to carry the day. But if my guy loses, that does not separate me from the body of Christ and someone who voted differently than I did. It's okay. It's okay. Because our unity is in Christ. Not in politics. We good? Preference is okay. But we are here to preach Christ and Him crucified. We are here to love Him, to grow in Him, and to take the message out to our community, 
and win the Southern Maryland region for Christ. Democrat, Republican, it does not matter. Look at verse 13. Thank you, Lord. Is Christ divided? Okay, I'm going to stop there. Is Christ divided? I have a question. Does anyone have anything other than a question starting that verse in their Bible? Does anyone have anything other than a question? Okay. I checked NIV. I checked ESV. I checked Holman, Christian Standard, NASB. I think I checked the overwhelming majority. All were a question, except one. I'll talk about that in a minute. I preach from the King James. Okay. I confess to you, I enjoy the King James. The Bible you read is the Bible you need. So if you're going to read uh, the ESV, the NIV, the TEV, whatever it is, keep reading it. Keep reading it. Please. I read a lot of Bibles. I read different Bibles. I read the NIV at home. I read the TEV, today's English version. When I study, when I memorize, when I teach, I'm comfortable with King James. Thank you for your grace, as I do. Thank you for your grace, as I do. I am comfortable with it. And I think the translation is quite accurate. But not here. You know the oldest and best commentaries? Have that as a declarative sentence. Okay, I went to Bible college. I earned my D in Greek. I earned it, okay? I worked hard for that D. So you will never hear me confidently preach out of the Greek. The Greek text says, uh, I remember a couple of words, okay? So don't. Use me as an authority when it comes to Greek. But there's apparently a Greek participle that's missing here that makes this more of a rhetorical, that doesn't make this a rhetorical question, but rather a statement. I have, and I forgot to bring it. I read out of today's English version at times just as a casual enjoy reading, not studying, but just reading my Bible. And verse 13 says... Christ is being divided by your divisions. And the best commentaries say, it's on the money. That is a declarative sentence, not an interrogative sentence, not a question. By your divisions, Christ is being divided. That should cause a gasp in the church. If there are divisions present, God forbid that Christ be divided. Am I where I'm supposed to be? I can't remember. This is still, I'm still getting used to the PowerPoint thing. Let's see, here we go. Uh, let's see. Uh, oh, there we are. I don't know how to go back now. Okay. Believe me, it said Christ is being divided by your divisions. Look down, verse 14. 
The remainder in verse 13, by the way, yes, they're questions. They're rhetorical questions. And Paul uses himself. Paul uses himself as the example. He's not looking to stoke the anger of the, the Apollos people and the Peter people. He uses himself and says, there's no way that I was crucified. There's no way you were baptized in my name. Verse 14, I thank God that I baptized none of you. But Crispus and Gaius, Crispus was a former chief ruler of the synagogue. Remember last week I talked about a man named Sosthenes being with Paul, probably serving as his uh, secretary. There's a man named Sosthenes back in uh, Acts 18 who followed a man named Crispus as the chief ruler of the synagogue. This Crispus is definitely that guy because he came the chief ruler of the synagogue through Paul's preaching and a work of the Holy Spirit in his life, believed on the Lord and was saved and baptized. Paul says, I baptized Crispus. And he may have been two for two on chief rulers if that Sosthenes is the same. And I lean that way. Lest any should say that I had baptized in my own name. And I baptized also the household of Stephanus. Besides, I know not whether I baptized any other. For Christ sent me not to baptize but to preach the gospel, not with wisdom of words, lest the cross of Christ should be made of of none effect. Christ sent me not to baptize, but to preach the gospel. First of all, Paul's not uh, saying there's no importance in baptism. That's not the message. He's saying God called me to preach, and I'm preaching. But he didn't do it with a wisdom of words. He's, he's kind of comparing himself here with Apollos, who was this great orator, a great preacher. And people were captivated by this man as he preached. Paul said, I didn't have that ability. Look over at, verse, at chapter 2. Look at chapter 2. I, brethren, when I came to you, came not with excellency of speech or of wisdom, Verse 3, when I was with you, it was in weakness and in fear and in much trembling. My speech, my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom. Paul may be, he, he may be saying that, 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 that there was an anxiety within him as he preached to the Corinthian Christians uh, because of the persecution that was, happen- that was happening. Uh, Paul was being persecuted. He was being attacked. But, but it's also possible that he's simply saying, when I came and when I preached, it wasn't to show off my own ability, but the ability of Christ to do an incredible work in your life so that no one could ever say, boy, it's all about Paul. That Paul made a difference. Paul saying, it's not me. It is Jesus Christ. It is Jesus Christ. Apollos may be able to speak so well and impress the people. And and Paul's not blaming Apollos for anything. They're on the same page But he's saying, this is all about the work of Christ here. It's all about the power of the gospel here. Eloquence may win 
the mind. Humor may win affection. I saw a pastor. One of my favorite places is uh, Rucci's Deli. Blair and I go there a lot. Uh, and I saw a pastor there, a pastor from a Charles County Church, guy I know. Uh, and we talked. And because uh, we talked about you know, the ministry and things like that. See, he knows I'm a Christian. I, I met him through work, um, but uh, he knows I'm a Christian. We, when we see one another, we're always talking about ministry things. And, and we got to talking about uh, a conversation he had with a gentleman uh, I think a blue-collar guy. I don't remember how they made a connection. Uh, but, he, but he was sharing with me uh, that uh, their conversation got to church and where this guy was uh, spiritually. And the guy said to this pastor, I just love my pastor. He is so expletive, expletive funny. Now you think about that. Think about that. I'm not criticizing that pastor. I don't know who he is. He didn't name him. He did not name him. But is the Spirit of God doing a work in that man's life based on the way he described his pastor? Eloquence may win the mind. Humor may win affection. An illustration may win the imagination. Only the message of Jesus Christ can win the heart. Only the message of Jesus Christ can win the heart. And that will show off the power of the Holy Spirit in the work of the church. We have run out of time, and we have the Lord's Supper this morning. Uh, Dennis, would you come, please? What we're going to do is um, uh, I'll ask you simply to come forward in an orderly way uh, and take the bread, take the cup, take them both back to your seat, uh, and as you're back at your seat, please pray, please examine yourself, please consider what we are doing. Michelle's going to play uh, the piano. Thank you, Michelle. Would you bow your heads with me, please? Do this in remembrance of me. That was your command, Lord. And so in obedience this morning, we thank you for the bread and the cup We thank you for your death on the cross. 
We thank you for the privilege that is ours to proclaim your death until you return for us. In Jesus' name, amen. Jesus said, take and eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Jesus said, drink ye all of it. The Bible says after they had sung in hymn, uh, they went out. Uh, Steve, uh, would you uh, come? Uh, I want to remind you, if you have any uh, needs you want to pray, you want the elders to pray for, please, please uh, come. If, if you want to join Grace Church, we would love to speak to you. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, we want to talk to you. So please, you may use this time as we sing or after the service, but please come. Thank you so much.